Hello and welcome to Epic Loot Radio. My name is Brian and joining me, we've got Rory Khan back on the podcast, joined also by Chili to talk about all things gaming as we barrel into the month of September. For those of you who are joining us on the live show, we've got a couple changes coming to the podcast in September. The podcast is going to be 100% live over on Ginger Gaming Radio. That's where you can find the video podcast. That's where you can find all the highlights from the show itself and more beyond just that. I do want to say thanks to Vern, WG Productions, and Keelan for joining the podcast legends, helping to support the overall cost of the podcast itself. And that is what enables me to bring you the podcast in MP3 format. If you guys aren't aware, you can search wherever podcasts are found, Epic Loot Radio, go subscribe to the podcast in MP3 form, and it comes out day and date with the video podcast as well. So hopefully you guys enjoy that, and thank you guys uh, and to the members over on Ginger Gaming Radio for supporting the show. Uh, Chili and Rory, uh, thank you guys so much for taking time to sit down and talk about video games this week. We've had a huge week with Gamescom. We've had a huge week in terms of, like, as we look forward to the rest of 2021 and into 2022. Rory, you've been playing Final Fantasy 14. You've been doing some PvP recently. I wanted to talk to you <laughs> first and foremost because we haven't had you on the show in a while. But first question to you, what have you been playing? What you've been up to? And then we'll go to Chile. It's been uh, pretty crazy because um, Monster Hunter's kind of like dialed down. One of the reasons I haven't been able to come to the show like the, the first couple of times was because we had Monster Hunter Stories release. And, you know, that took up a lot of my time. I was playing through that. That was a lot of fun. It's kind of like imagine Monster Hunter crosses over with Pokemon. Yeah. And you can't accept it's good. Unlike Pokemon. <laughs> no chance. Yeah, um, that was, uh, <laughs> that was uh, hot takes right then. at the start. My my wife kind of kidnapped me for uh, some vacations, and That's then good. it's just been like hard to sync back up. But ever since then, you know, Monster kind of like dialed down a little bit. We're kind of in the content lull. Uh, we recently had a minor update to Rise and whatnot, but during that, I was like, okay, I want to go back to my roots and explore and see how the MMO land is doing. So I played a lot of MMOs. I played Fantasy Star Online. Obviously, I've been keeping up with Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm leveling my final like job for the role quest which is the dragoon I'm, i need a melee dps yeah it's That's also like good the, staging for uh endwalker where if you decide to go reaper yeah. you've got gear you've got you know those share gear so that's going to be a huge bonus please continue yeah um so i did that in 14 then i went ahead and i played um like i said fantasy star online i played bless unleashed played uh elder scrolls online and also got back and played some more guild wars 2 mm. just to kind of see what the mmo landscape has to offer now that kind of like world of warcraft's been bleeding a lot of people and there's a lot of other mmos that are kind of like picking up these players obviously final fantasy 14 more so than any of the other ones because of the asmongold effect kind of but uh it's been interesting to see how much uh, this whole situation contributed to just there being more stuff happening around the MMO space. And it's been really cool. been having a really good time with that. I want to come back to the Asmongold effect. So be sure to like yeah. put that in the back of your mind. But I'm going to go to Chile. How are Hello. things going with you? Chat wants to know if that's a new poop hat. If you guys are listening to the uh, MP3 of this, <laughs> know that Chile's got uh, a signature poop hat yeah. representing the She Heals yeah. I Tank podcast, guys. An amazing podcast for Final Fantasy yeah. 14. Chile, floor is yours, sir. Oh yeah, is a well. It's not a new poop hat. I had it for it for the last episode of the show, but it's newish, I guess. It's only been used twice, ish. Uh, but it's no, not, it's not like a regular it. poop hat. 
No, I've, no, I do have my Christmas prepared ready for the end of the year, so I'm happy for that. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm really excited to be on. I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy One. Actually, I've played through that again due to the HD remasters. Oh, you know, yeah. the pixels. Um, my chat forced me to do all white mages, um, which made the run a little bit longer than normal because what a great uh, white idea! Mage, uh, white mage has no offensive attacks until the end of the game. So I had to ha hit everything with a hammer for the entire game. I have never um, thought of that. That is such an interesting idea. It's kind of in a way of Twitch plays, but obviously like you're streaming the content. Yeah. Have you created highlights of that? No, there's no highlights. I oh, wish I had. Oh, dude. Oh. <laughs> Guys, you got to follow <laughs> Chili on his channel. I honestly now have this FOMO of the fact that I didn't even know that happened. Now that's what yeah. I want. Uh, all I made run. All right. I, I digress. <laughs> Continue on. What else has been going on in your world, dude? Um, and I guess also with the Asmongold effect, and because I like Chocobo Racing, um, I I watch his streams regularly. I, 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 I've actually been late on my streams by a little bit because I'm too busy watching him. Not by a lot, but like, you know, if he's in like a run and he's about to win and I'm like, ah, a minute, minute or two. But no, because of his chocobo racing and because I love chocobo racing, I've been trying to get the perfect chocobo, um, which I've got very close to. I'm currently at four. I've got four four stars and one one star right now. So just a bit more breeding and I'll eventually be able to get the perfect chocobo. So I'm excited about that. Nice. And because I hate myself a little bit, um, I've gone back into Eureka for the third time on a different character. I need to go there. I literally I have the like same. Yeah. Gear. I literally <laughs> have the same t bucket list. So, being that I have everything leveled in Final Fantasy fourteen, I guess I'll just kind of jump in for me a little bit. Uh, I'm almost done with my first relic in Final Fantasy fourteen ever, ever. Oh, I've never done a relic. Before? I've done them. Oh, wow. I just say this is stupid, and I just like I'm like, why am I doing this for glamour? And I don't know whatever combination it is, but the Zadnor, the Boja, like all of this is like Brian's accoutrement like this is just exactly how I, I connect because i love feeling multiple boxes at the same time so i specifically held off on zadnor yeah. until i was ready to do that step so that i was grabbing like this i was doing this other thing finishing the story literally just having a great time uh with the content and then all of a sudden i look up i'm like oh man i'm only i'm only like 15 percent away of finishing this big step and now i'm on the final step which is like the level 70 dungeons and so this is just, or I could go into Delrada and, you know, all that stuff. But like, honestly, I'm just like, I'm just thrilled. And then I team up with Todd and we've been doing Savage Raids. So I haven't been doing Savage. Julie is not pregnant. And this is what happens when we're not about to have another baby. <laughs> like I get stuff done in video games, guys. I, I, like, I get it done and it's, it's a good time. We're having fun. And then all in all, like, I'm not saying I'm, I'm back in Destiny. I, I have a hard, like, I feel Destiny has this hooking me for like two months out of the year but obviously the newest season with crossplay is here that's something that i've been enjoying and been connected into so i'm having a fun time with with that just kind of diving back easing myself back into it but uh, i honestly feel kind of nice because i don't feel like i got to cover it for content uh so it's not like this pressure to like oh i gotta get to the top and i gotta make guides and things like that i was like no no i'm just gonna shoot some aliens i'm gonna have some pvp fun and i'm gonna wait for uh and walker go ahead do you play on PC or on console? On everything. It's cross-play, cross-save. Cross so I have it. Now. I have it on Steam, Xbox, Stadia. Uh means I have it where everywhere. Do you, 
So you play everywhere with controller, like even when you're yeah. on PC, you're still playing oh, with controller. Yeah. <laughs> Delete keyboard and mouse, man. This is the yeah. this is the goat right there. Good God, <laughs> I think he even has a keyboard on it. What the hell, dude? That's right, man. Like, so this is uh, this is we're not sponsored in any way because people don't want to work with me. And that's fine. I don't care. The people who do offer a lot of money, but I'm not going to advertise for them. And I could give you three guesses, and you only need one. Who Raid it is. Shadow Legend. Yeah. <laughs> so just note, I turned down around two thousand dollars a month to, to not promote yep. those guys. Uh, so about right. yeah. So anyway, like one day, one day, I was you like, I, channels, maybe just promote it, but put it on one of the nah, channels. No, nah, dude, it's not about the, it's not about the money. It's it's, exactly. it's about the it's about the it's principles. about sending it's about sending, sending a, a message. message. <laughs> you go work with those other YouTubers. This one's not buying. Um, but no, so I got like a chat pad. I got the the Elite Series Two, uh, not sponsored. And this is uh, this is my favorite controller. They are actually making a new uh, Master Chief one, and I was slightly tempted, but then at the end of the day, I was like. I don't need it. The I think one that's like isn't it like two hundred bones or something? Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, but it's it like it has a forty hour battery charge, wireless battery. I can just set it down in a dock and it charges, so it's like it's always ready for me. Here's my ending uh, critique review. See, I could like you can change out the uh, the knobs. If I if I could make one change, I'd make a lesser version of this and take away the ability to take these daggum things off. Cause as a parent, this is a literal nightmare. The remote charging is a, is a blessing. But then all of a sudden, like if I take this anywhere outside this room, literally I'll come back and there's like no knobs, nothing on it. I'm like trying Oh, and then it's like, these are small parts. I'm like, Oh God, please don't try to eat those children. Uh, you know, like, so that's my, that's my parent review for the elite series too. So that's a great controller. Just don't let your kids touch it. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. Before we move too far away from the Eureka stuff, yeah, you both said you were interested in it, um, in yes. a, li a little bit at least. Okay, what I will say is, if you want to do it in a, take your time, and you want to just take your time and enjoy it, unlike what I've done where I've been crazy because I have to be beat it before Endwalker, um, do your challenge log. Just go in, do your challenge log, and leave. And the challenge log is just kill enemy, kill like for, uh, sixty of a certain enemy of multiple different enemies and that's it and then you'll level up really fast i yeah. mean really fast the, the challenge Just log was a really that. good was a really good addition the one thing for eureka that i think would be a just a huge send-off, like a huge help, is if they let you level, like they let you level in Boja. So people oh, yeah. who yep. are like 61 that'd and up. That'd be amazing. And, and the counter argument comes into like, oh, that'd kill heaven on high. And I don't think so. I think as long as you give players options, you can adjust that. You can say, well, this is this, you know, like when it, people are going to min-max, I can't help those people. Like the, we shouldn't make treat the min-maxers like the majority. They're going to do what they always do no matter what. But if you give players options, I think that would help breathe life into it as an option. Go ahead, Chili. And you have to hit 70 with one job to get into Eureka. Right. You have to be 70 to get in. So. Yeah, same same thing with uh, with Boja. So it's like there's that requirement, but then it lets you step back did and they, use that as a gap content. Did they ever enable uh, Eureka for blue mages like people wanted? No. no. Oh, man. I, I want to see that, though. That's something I really would love to see how that would impact that Poor content. blue mages, dude. I, I guess it's maybe to protect uh, the, the Baldi scene arsenal. What do you think, Chili? I mean, they could just lock off BA, but I guess that would be... I don't know. Well, yeah, that would be because BA is in, in it itself, so I don't know because you don't queue up for it, so maybe there's no way for them to lock them off. So maybe that's why. Maybe they let them into the first three stages of Eureka, but lock them off from the last one. Oh. Because you need to be in high data to do BA. 
because uh, for BA, uh, you kill an NM called Ovra, if I'm brightly. Once that notorious monster is dead, portals then appear around the map, mm-hmm. and then you click on that portal to get in. It's why there was a lot of drama when BA first came out, because people were making pre-made parties outside and using Discord to organize it. But you had to go into Eureka, kill the NM, run to your portal. But because it's a public instance, there'll be other people that would then run to your portal and click it. Meaning that there's a chance of randomers to to take the portals. They call it stealing, which technically I guess it is to their viewpoint. But to that randomer, it, they they just went in because it was there. There's a portal. I'm going in. Yeah. yeah. Portals yeah. are fun. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I, it's something that I want. I, I would love to see Blue Mage added to Greek. I think ultimately that would end up being a uh, something that will be interesting to see because if Blue Mage is always trailing behind, more content for it I think would be ultimately better. I'd love to see Blue Mage as an option for the for Palace of the Dead and Heaven on High. Uh, however, there's you know there's the obviously the solo challenges that and, would be a little bit broken. <laughs> oh yeah, well Blue Mage breaks I mean, everything, they could, right? They, yeah. they could easily deny it the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Just add yeah. them to title or something. And yeah. Yeah. Boom, yeah. done. 100%. I think that's fair. 100%. Yeah. So, someone said congratulations on E9S as thank well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. If you guys don't know, just cleared E9S last night with Todd. We have him Ooh. coming up on, yeah. We have him coming up on the podcast for uh, the Crystal Core Radio, which will actually be at two o'clock today. So if you guys are subscribed to uh, Ginger Gaming Radio, be sure to do that. Before we transition to a topic that both of you guys alluded to, I do want to say if you guys are watching right now on Ginger Prime, Top link in the description is for Ginger Gaming Radio. Love it if you watch and support over the year because this time next week, the podcast will only be on Ginger Gaming Radio. So be sure to go and check it out. Follow on uh, that channel. And yeah, and then you won't miss a, a live show and be able to come in like this uh, and have these kind of conversations. So that's the last plug for it in today's show because I do want to talk about what Rory you brought up. The Asmogold effect. The Asmogold <laughs> effect. I actually made a banner for this while like where we we're all chatting. I was like, oh, mm, perfect. Let's let's segment this uh, podcast up logically. How has the Asmogold <laughs> effect been perceived by you? Have you benefited from it at all? And what's your overall thoughts? I haven't benefited from it at all. And I'm actually kind of upset at everyone because I was talking I was talking up Final Fantasy XIV since like 2019, making videos telling people about how amazing it is. And not that many people followed me into 14. And then suddenly this guy, people barely know him. I think he's kind of bald too. And then all of a sudden he comes around and is like, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and I'm going to give uh, Final Fantasy XIV a try. You know, it's not going to be that big a deal. And then he does it. And you see like one of the biggest upticks in Final Fantasy XIV. Suddenly you see... Like a lot of streamers, like particularly if you're talking about like hardcore raiders in Final Fantasy 14, that I think we're probably averaging around 500 to like 600 viewers, something like that. Suddenly they're like in the 2000s, 4000s. You're like, holy crap. I'm like, I'm super happy about it though, obviously, because like it's nice to see Final Fantasy 14 finally get the recognition it deserves. Because a lot of people, they just didn't give the game a shot because they were way too invested in World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. And when I say Final Fantasy 14, I can say, almost any other MMO. Like, people would not even consider, like, Guild Wars 2 or ESO or even some of the free-to-play options like Fantasy Star Online or something like that. People would just, like, not even consider it because they're super invested into World of Warcraft. So in a way, Asmongold did open the floodgates to people just kind of like, oh, 
I guess it's okay for me to stop playing this game for a little bit and go check out other stuff. And that other game that he's playing seems pretty cool. Let's go check that out. But like a lot of people left for Final Fantasy, I think there's a lot of people that maybe already know that 14 is not for them because 14 is very 14 is very much a story heavy game and sure you can skip it like you see a lot of the hardcore raiders like i think limit max and a lot of the people mm -hmm. that raid with him yeah they kind of like skip the story and they're still really enjoying themselves which is fine it goes to the point like i believe you and chris talked about this at length in the past about how chris skipped and it's still you know it was a great experience for him nonetheless because it's not just about the story even though the story is amazing and it has you know it's one of the focal points of the game the raids are also really good, and that's something that I've also said. I believe that the raids in 14 are actually better than World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft raids just happen to be a little bit more immersive because they have like the whole dungeon, like mm -hmm. you have alliance raids and stuff like that. Most of the World of Warcraft raids are kind of like that, and that gives you more immersion. But like for actually fighting and progressing, I think 14 is way better and way more fun. And a lot of people are kind of like discovering that, and it's cool. Now, obviously, there's also situations like Quinn, where he kind of like, <laughs> uh, how is that a situation? Uh, how is Quinn even <laughs> even relevant to the conversation? Right? It's like, uh, hi, hi, and it's so funny bye. that so many well, exactly that so many people got mad at that situation. It's like clearly he did this thing, it's fine. and then he didn't like this thing. It's it's yeah, but it's like it's fine. It's I think a it's recipe. Fine it's, hey, it's perfectly it's fine. But that's the whole thing. It's like, and then he just like doubled down and just decided to continue to poke at the bear. And he benefited from it. And that's the irony yeah, of in all of this. It's like the fact that we're literally talking about his reaction to not playing the game, to saying he didn't like the game that he didn't play, and then decided <laughs> to perceive that people felt like they had to defend 14. Like, that's the thing that frustrates me. And I want, I want to get back to your thoughts here. But the like one thought I have on all that is the thing that frustrates me is that people still think Final Fantasy 14 needs some kind of defense. It's literally yeah. the best effing game in my mind that has existed in a long time you can we can always like tier list stuff and whatever right but i th i think it's silly that people think 14 needs to be defended anyway go ahead Rory. yeah i was, I was just gonna, gonna say in here. can i yes yes, yes yes yeah please I, I feel i feel like the main issue with him was the fact that he skipped and then was pissy about it i feel <laughs> yeah. like if it if it skipped and said he didn't like it I don't think it would have been too bad. I feel like there'd still been a lot of complaints because he skipped story and so many people are love this. Yeah, the story's great, but yeah. if you want to skip the story, I don't care. It's your your time. You do what you want. You have fun. He could have but come out and said like Smurfs are blue, and that's literally the equivalent of what he said with like, yeah. oh, I skipped and I didn't like the game. Like it's yeah. it's it's not shocking to me. Maybe it's shocking to others. Maybe I'm just like in this weird isolated like I like this game. And I've covered it for 11 years, kind of eco cha uh, echo chamber, but it's literally the equivalent of, of coming out and saying corn can be a grain or a vegetable. Like those are things that are, that is true. Like, oh, okay. I'm not yeah. surprised by this. And the fact that it's gotten so much airtime, it's like, what is happening? Well, who cares? Who cares what this guy did? I never heard of him before and I'm happy. I don't care. Yeah. I, I'm sure he's probably a, a decent dude. Anyway, go ahead, Shelly. And when it comes to Asmund Gold, I feel like one of the things that I know he's one of the biggest streamers. I actually think he has been very smart with this, like ridiculously smart. Oh, genius. Yeah. Even if he's not thinking it himself, but I feel like he was playing the long game. Like so many people for years were asking him to play Fantasy 14. Like 
they would go, would you play Final Fantasy 40? It's like, nah, that's a weird game. Would you like to play? Nah, nah. Then suddenly he plays it. Now, he's had that two year, two, whatever, at least a year or two of people wanting him to go play the game. So with that, plus the, what's happening right now, I feel like he timed it so perfectly because of that. I look at him more like the I, I look at him more like the Joker. It's like I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I got it. <laughs> I think it was more luck than necessarily planning. I think he's an intelligent individual, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I think that what happened with the Final Fantasy fourteen was a bit more luck than necessarily planning. Uh, Casey uh, chimes in and says, I miss the WoW raids actually. Final Fantasy fourteen ones and done feels shallow. It's odd to say as a big fan of 14. Do you guys feel uh, or echo what Casey's talking about with the rates? It's the it's the immersion factor of it, I guess. It's the the thing. It, that's the one thing that I feel World of Warcraft raids still have on it. Because like the only thing you can really compare a World of Warcraft raid to in 14 would be an alliance raid where you're actually going through a dungeon and you're killing mobs along the way and then you have a couple of boss encounters, right? That's what a raid in WoW is. The one and done that he's talking about, he's talking about the trials and the actual raids where it's like you boot in, there's an arena, you fight the boss, you leave. And it's like, I get it. I get that that sense of like, because like it feels very, how should I explain it? Like segregated from the rest of the world. Like when you're going into the raid, you're really going into an instance. There's not even, a lot of times there's not even like a physical representation in game of the space that you're going to. Right. Like, sure, you're doing the Eden raids. There's Eden over there. But like, this is like a square. This is simply a square in the ground and you fight in this square. And then after you're done, that square might as well not exist. There's a couple of them that are a little bit different, like you're fighting on top of Eden and whatnot. But most of the arena is like it's this one square that exists just for this fight. But in a way that frees them to do some crazy stuff with the fight. So I'm kind of OK with it. But if I had to pick one or the other, I'd still pick 14 because they just do better encounters, in my opinion. What do you think, Chili? If I had to, if I had the choice between, see, I like okay, I, I like again the immersion's nice, uh, but I feel like once I've done the WoW raid once, I don't want to go back because it's such a long progression and the raids yeah. are so long. Well, with fourteen, I don't mind progressing and clearing the raids because it's one, two, three, four. Well, you know what I mean per tier. Mm, yeah. So I don't, I don't feel like I have to put away hours of time to try and go through trash boss trash boss trash i just want to fight the boss get my loot and leave that's that's what i want to do the thought that comes to my mind from that phrase from casey in this regards is that like it comes down to like incentive like for me i found new incentive in parsing myself and trying to improve my play uh, and so that ended up bringing a whole new life to the raids but that's essentially something me violating the terms of service uh you yep, know how dare, you? To, how dare i uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, um, Yoshi P is like, we look to the parsers so and the, and the mid-maxers so we can see we're doing it right. But don't, don't, uh, don't talk about it in game. Um, and so when it comes down to it, it's like I've been doing the older raids because of the step that I was on for, uh, for the relic. And so I like how they're able to look back at some of this older content. I think that there's a couple of changes and I've talked about this at length and it becomes a big debate. Like it was a bigger debate. I like, I, I was surprised by some of the pushback. Because it, to, to me, it just seems like a simple idea. But when I do the older content, the thing I miss is my toolkit. Like, I love doing content at level 80. I like it at level 70. And then now at level 60 and below, it's like, man, I wish I had my kit. I wish I had my full set of abilities. 
and then I've gotten used to that. So I found myself running less and less old content, but the game is filled with a wide breadth of it. And so personally speaking, like when it comes to even the raids, there's a reward structure that keeps, that gets people going in for the loot, for the gear. But at some point that becomes not as valuable to the end game player because they get that gear. And then essentially is what should keep you going back. And I don't have an answer for that on this podcast, but personally speaking, I like how they bring those, that content back in connected into other content. Uh, I would just personally, I think that the only thing I find frustrating is the lacking of the skills at level 80, especially if I'm looking at working on a level 80 relic, I'm now running level 70 stuff and I don't have that. I'm missing 10 levels of, of gear and also working on, you know, maybe my rotation and things like that. That's just me. And I know that's i I'm oversimplifying the idea of it all. I've been, I've actually been asked this. I think it was even yesterday or the day before in my stream. Like, how would I feel? How do I feel about doing older content? And should they allow you to just bring your full kit to an older dungeon? And really the only downside that I could think of that happening is because you can adjust the potency of spells, right? You can scale it down. They probably yeah. do that for when you have a certain spell, but you don't have like a certain passive at a higher level that gets adjusted down. So adjusting the potency of spells is doable, which means you can have a level 80 character with his full kit running Sastasha and not be overpowered. The only downside that I see to that is it will, it could, depending on how sensitive people are to spoilers, you could be spoiling abilities that this person hasn't seen yet. But I don't really think that's a big deal, right? Like, who cares if suddenly you just see like a big explosion of AOE that you don't even know how that happens, but it doesn't really matter. Like, who cares? I think it's right? it's more advertising to the job itself. Like, how do you, yeah. oh, what is that? Oh, and you're like, I get that at 74 motivation. Damn. Where it used to be where you would see like the phrase gear lust being used you'd have skill loss like oh my gosh i can i can earn that i can learn that and the mathematic the mathematician in me from the, the balancing perspective says what does a white mage do uh, in healing in a dungeon run what do they do in damage in a dungeon run and then you would look at your floor and your ceiling and you would just make sure that from scaling they couldn't outpace their that the cap of what it would be if they didn't have those skills so those skills would all be like benediction yeah, it wouldn't function like a full heal, but it might put out 200 HP or 300 HP, uh, you know, in terms of how it gets scaled because the heal healer at this level, as we've charted the numbers, like that is what the the, the, the dungeon was balanced for. However, the, the counter argument even to like the fear of skills being kind of added is that time and time again, every expansion, the older content becomes easier regardless. So even if they don't, have the abilities like we've we've already kind of the, the scaling how it's working in game is a little bit uh kind of broken and i want to see if when we get the stat squish if that ends up being something that's a little bit more feels a little bit more challenging a little bit more balanced in yeah. terms of the uh, older someone, content someone in the chat brought up the one issue that will come up from ushp is that one of one thousand people will get vote kicked if they want scaled from 80 and the more tools like what the reason why they won't do blue mage yeah, I guess that. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess because that means if you do a roulette, and there'll be some people that'll be like, "Oh, you don't have flair." Vote abandoned. Those people exist already. Um, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't but, really uh, see. It, I don't really see that happening happen in the fourteen community, though. I, right? I, like, I mean, for I regular that, roulettes. <laughs> 
Because, like, my, my experience with regular roulettes, at least, has always been extremely positive. Like, if someone makes a mistake, people go out of their way to, like, guide them, like, and listen, here's what you did wrong. Here's this mechanic, this, this, that. At least that's been my experience uh, when I was leveling up. So I don't really see it. Not to mention you you get more, like, of the, of the tokens and stuff if there's someone that's new in there with you. So... Uh -huh. Yeah, but if your if the if your abilities are even if they're scaled down, some jobs don't have AOEs at low level, which I don't want. Yeah. I, don't, I, I personally don't think that scaling everything down would be great because of the balance issues. Mm -hmm. But I would like them to scale down some of the AOE moves so that or lower at least lower the level yeah. of the moves. Yeah, I, absolutely. So everyone yeah. has everyone has an AOE at level fifteen. That's the other. Guaranteed. That's the other side and, of the coin where that's the other side of the coin because where I felt like as we've as we've progressed in level, they've deleted things. So I felt like the j earlier jobs are the ones that suffer the most because some of those skills end up being pushed further up the up the chain. And so, yes, to 100%. AOE a little bit yeah, sooner. As, uh... Also, off the global cooldown, just a little bit sooner. Like, by the time you're going into, into, into level 15, like, give something to kind of help, help with that rotation just a little bit more overall because, like, when I go and run that content, like... When I, there, there's nothing. I don't need XP. Like maybe the uh, the other side of the coin, outside of skills and and changing that up, would be some kind of reward structure. We asked Yoshi P about this in the past. The thing I want to see would be a kind of glamour level, like just some post game leveling that has no power progression to it. Just like a hey, you got another level of XP. Congrats. Here's the treasure coffer, and you can open it up. And maybe there's a mount. I don't know. Um, but like something in that regards where. XP doesn't lose value because then I would I think I would suffer through a leveling roulette. But once I have everything to at cap, like I don't I don't touch leveling, I don't touch any of those things anymore. And it's disappointing because there is some really good content that's locked into the earlier game. Yeah. I was I was just gonna bring up uh earlier with that uh when you're talking about low levels not having an AoE, let me tell you, as someone that has recently been leveling a dragoon. That's a serious freaking problem. <laughs> Did you like your AOE at level 40? Yeah. It was amazing. You're like, oh was, my goodness. I can actually AOE now. Wow, this is impressive. Absolutely. This completely changed my gameplay. But <laughs> it very, when it comes to like leveling down stuff, I, I got Black Mage to 80 a couple of months ago, and I now refuse to play Black Mage in any roulette because I know that I will have to take big brains to remember the fights because Black Mage changes its roulette at 50, 60, 70, and 80. So any roulette I go, I have to then change my entire play style. Yeah. And I don't like that. <laughs> oh, man. Now, that's actually a fun little lively con conversation that broke out there because it's there's yeah. so many interesting ways. It'll be interesting to see what Endwalker does as we go to level 90. How's that going to ultimately feel? And I think at the end of the day, like, I can't speak to the WoW raids back to uh, Casey's original kind of point uh, because I, I couldn't even get to that part in WoW going into it this year in 2021 and, you know, at the end of 2020, I was like, it was fun playing with friends, but then I quickly found with phasing and everything that it was just like, I'm just playing the single player game. I'm not seeing anybody else in the game in the world and everybody's talking about how like, oh, Shadowlands, it's so amazing. And it's like, is it? Or, or, or they just bought into the hype and then we see, and this kind of comes all back around to, this is going to make a, a fun like highlight to kind of bring a uh, full six day 360 back to the Asmongold effect. Here he is, and I would say he's been the last bastion of kind of this wall, this, this hurdle, this barrier uh, to Final Fantasy. And him 
as big as he is and as well known as he is within the WoW community, coming into 14 and actually having a good time, like that in and of itself was like, oh, okay, I'll give this game a look. I've always like they people put up a mental barrier. They've already had invest like so much invested. And then beyond Asmongold coming to play 14, then you see so many bad things about Blizzard news and more just coming out. And honestly, it's really interesting for me as a content creator. I don't like making negative videos. And it's always funny because it's when I love, I love when I get accused of that, that I just make negative videos. It's like, okay, like my two a year, like the algorithm, you, you probably only watch negative videos. Cause like, that's, that's the conclusion I come up with. It's like, perhaps you and your algorithm knows this is the only videos you'll watch of mine. But I put out, I didn't like, wow. Like I, I played it, I tried it. And at the end of the day, I'm going to blame myself. Ooh. I did this in the spring. That video has popped off recently. <laughs> And a lot of people are like, oh, look at this. Another content creator hopping on the train. I'm like, yep. check the date, brosive. <laughs> it's like, this was back in the spring before all of this happened. And then essentially, like I was talking with Chris about it. It's like, I, I don't, I don't know why people feel like they, that my video, like it's, it's a lot of like, wow, simps. A lot of people coming in, they're like, no, wow's best days are ahead of it and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, in my mind, I'm like, I cannot fathom that actually being a reality. I can't, I can't argue because I asked this a question of, um, of Sink Weaver when he was on uh, Crystal Core Radio. Now, I'm going to ask it to Rory. Mm -hmm. If you were a new player, why would you go play WoW in 2021? Like, what if you've never played WoW before? Why should a player go and play the game today, especially with all the landscape of MMOs and all what new MMOs are about to drop on us? Why should a player? I mean, it's like it's very hard for me to speak from the perspective of a new player because, you know, I've played World of Warcraft. There was a point in my life where I played nothing but World of Warcraft. How many years like during the? How many years? I yeah. don't know because it's like, it was. I came into World of Warcraft shortly before the Burning Crusade expansion, so I was still in vanilla. I leveled in vanilla until like level fifty six. I don't know exactly how many years, but it must have been like two thousand seven or something mm -hmm. when I came in. Or maybe a little bit earlier. I don't know the exact dates. And then I played all the way through until Cataclysm, which I don't know. It's probably 2013 or 12. So it's it was it was a long time that I played nothing but World of Warcraft, right? And I really enjoyed my time there. Like during those were like the golden days of World of Warcraft, Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King. Those were the golden days of WoW, pretty much. And vanilla, probably. I didn't experience much of vanilla, but that was probably it as well. And the thing is, ever since then, Blizzard's been kind of like making a lot of mistakes with the game. So the reasoning for someone to go into World of Warcraft now in 2021 has to be a social reason, which, to be honest, that's the reason why I went to play Shadowlands. Because I have a friend of mine that I used to play with back in those uh, Wrath of the Lich King days. And before I even bought Shadowlands, I had a conversation with him and I asked, because he was in a guild and I was like, do you have a spot for a tank in your guild so that I can go and tank in raids? And he said, yes. And that's the reason why I bought Shadowlands. So the only reason for someone to play World of Warcraft is social. If you have friends or if, you know, if I guess you can go there out of morbid curiosity. But <laughs> even then, I was super disappointed because when I went into Shadowlands, I now, whereas before I had played World of Warcraft, like I came back to it every now and then to check out how things were going, but never really grabbed me, right? But um, before I didn't have like a comparison point 
on the level of Final Fantasy XIV. But after I went to Shadowlands, it was at, already like post me doing everything in Shadowbringers. And what I quickly realized, like this questing experience is complete ass. It's just ass. And anyone who says otherwise is just wrong and they don't have a point of comparison. I actually made a video talking about that. And a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? This is the best questing experience we've seen in years. And I was like, really? <laughs> this is terrible. Like, this is so bad. The story is, is in complete shambles. There, there was parts of the story that was out of order because the way that they progressed, that I'm not even joking. Like It was literally out of order. You would see events take place during your story that then as the events their renowned system or whatnot then you would see events that should have taken place before the events that you had witnessed in the story and i was like dude this makes no goddamn sense how can any <laughs> say that it was it was ridiculous and i i couldn't take it seriously so the only thing that i wanted to do there was raid i just wanted to raid and do mythic plus which is the one thing i wish i wish final fantasy 14 would do is like oh, yeah? some mythic plus like system because Mythic Plus is one of the things that I like the most in World of Warcraft. It's like, imagine just the dungeon, except it keeps scaling up. I think you've asked uh, yeah. Yoshi P about this question. Yeah, he said well, if he has, if he had WoW's budget, if he had yeah. WoW's budget, and it's like, yeah, absolutely. See, I would not like Mythic Plus in Final Fantasy XIV at all. I feel like, it, it, well, as long as it doesn't affect your tomes. Yeah, it doesn't have to. Grind, because then I'm okay with it. Then it's optional content with maybe better, slightly better gear than maybe about the equivalent to crafted gear. Um, but my issue is if it's tone based, you know, if you get your weekly tones from it, that would, the great thing about tomes is that it doesn't take long to cap. You can get it done pretty fast. And I feel like the mythic plus would really skewer the balance of it. And I'm not a big fan. I mean, it's just the thing is, if you're thinking like in terms of the vault, which is something completely ridiculous, then I can't believe that some people actually champion that stupid ass system. Like if you're thinking in terms of that, then, yeah, I don't want the vault anywhere near Final Fantasy. That was so bad. Do you know what the vault is, Brian? Now go ahead and explain it to me. Yeah. Imagine, imagine you have like uh, a list of tasks that you're supposed to do every week, right? And then every time that you do one of those tasks, the vault unlocks one piece of loot and you could have like up until like, I don't know if it was 12 or nine pieces of loot available yeah. to you by doing Mythic Plus rating PVP and pretty much all of the activities that are in the game. But the cool thing about that vault is that you unlock all of these 12 items or whatever, but you get to pick literally one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, oh, I wow. would say I am also for the vault in a way because I feel like it was a great way if you were unlucky with drops. Like, I don't like exactly how it was done, but I like the idea in theory. Like, if you did your raid for the week and you get nothing from it, then you can at least get something. So the idea of the vault was a good idea, in my opinion. It's just done poorly. My, my yeah. ideal, and I, I do want to, like, shout out to Black Sky Legion talking about, hey, we're going to be talking about No World here in a minute. Yes, we will. Uh, you yeah. know, and that's going to be coming up because I, honestly, that's what all of this seems to be building up to. Also, I want to kind of, I'm going to bring Lost Ark into that conversation because it's an interesting thing as we Good. look to new MMOs. Um, but as far as it goes, when we talk about M+, my ideal version of M+, is combining the deep dungeon system with our dungeon system, right? Where in Heaven on High and, and Palace of the Dead, like those are unique to that. What I would love to see is like being able to take the existing dungeons, which we're going to probably have a hundred, what, in Endwalker? And be able to say, great, yeah. imagine if like they took that as a part of that system and it and it doesn't affect 
progress towards the raid. One of the things I hear a lot of stress, a lot of negative in M plus is that all these things became chores that you had to do in order to be competitive in the game. And I think that just, it, it works until it doesn't, it just builds stress. But what I like about heaven on high and, and, and palace of the dead. And the only thing I would want to change is goes back to my missing skills. Like I'm enjoying challenging that content with friends, seeing how far we can get. And it ends up just being fun on, you know, in and of itself. Right. And so to add in, like saying, Hey, we didn't get a, a deep dungeon, uh, piece of content in Shadowbringers, but in Endwalker, what if they're like, Hey, but instead of like these just boxed off floors, it's literally mix and mats dungeon. Like, Oh, boom, we're going to bring this in. We're going to bring this in. Oh. And then it continues to scale and get more difficult. And honestly, in my mind, it never has an ending. It literally can just go and go. And it just pulls from the vast resources they've already created and just puts a new spin on them. And that's that's my That'd ideal version. Cool. But again, it doesn't like, you don't go have to do that in order if you want to do the Savage Raid, because I think essentially the more things that you make required in terms of the progress uh, ends up working for the short term, but in the long term ends up building resentment among the player base. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, that all sounds um, really good to me. In terms of um, in terms of like it being a chore, though, I would point out that I didn't really think that it's, it's like if you're trying to do the objectives for the vault, then, yeah, Mythic Plus can be a chore. But the thing mm -hmm. is, for someone like me that likes doing Mythic Plus, I never looked at that as a chore. That was actually a fun part of Shadowlands for me is getting together with my friends and doing Mythic Plus because we all enjoyed the challenge and doing those dungeons. The problems were everything else around it like the maw dailies that you had to do to get this a little bit of this resource that then would then go into socketing your weapons the torgas thing that you had to do to get soul lash to get your legendaries oh. and all of these other systems around like the anima the conduit power all of these different systems they put in there those were the problems those were like what was actually a, a chore to do because the mythic plus itself is like it's just a dungeon and it you could get the rewards not even that hard like if you just want to get one item from mythic plus i think it was like five mythic plus or something a week it's not even that much and it was, i don't know <laughs> i didn't think it was a chore is what i'm saying but the idea that you had though i never thought about it it reminds me of systems that i've seen in other games like there was a, a game that i played dragon's crown which like the end game of that was it would just like repeat the levels just like you're saying and then it would have like a breaking point in between where all of the heroes would gather around the campfire. You'd get like food buffs, you would cook stuff and whatnot. And then after that, they would just throw you into another random level that would be like scaling up constantly. And the thing is it would increase like the drop chances for good items and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you'd be incentivized to keep like running it and running it instead of stopping, right? It's yeah. like, oh, you can keep running and going and going. And it's always more and more and more, right? I think that would actually be a really cool system because there, like you said, there's a breadth of content when it comes to the game. And that is cool because you'd be using, you know, hey, let's take players to Sastasha. Let's take players to yeah, those exactly. level seven, the yeah. temple of the fist or whatever it is that I would imagine 80% of the player base has never even been there right the temple of the fist dungeon like yeah. how many players have never been to the temple of the fist <laughs> it's such a <laughs> i a love cool, the theme oh it's, a, it's so visually yeah, impressive exactly so many exactly. corals so point. many corals <laughs> if, if i wasn't if i wasn't like someone who just loves doing dungeons i probably would have never been there either it's just the thing is i like going through the list and i'm like oh which dungeon haven't i done okay let's go do this one now and then we do this one i want to thank all the dungeons all of them because that's my favorite con it's easier to organize a group of like four people than to organize a group of eight people 
And that's why I like that content so much. It's a lot more bit-sized. You go in there, you do your thing, and then you're done. Yeah. So let's uh, let's transition into kind of our final topic for today's show. Uh, we've obviously just come off the heels of Gamescom. One of the things I was specifically looking for was Lost Ark information, and I felt like we came came out of that hungry. Unless there was, I've I've scoured the like the the news sites and Reddit every morning thus far for new information about that, uh, and it and it was nothing. And we asked the question about will Lost Ark compete with New World because both of these games are published by. Amazon Game Studios, Lost Ark rumored to have a beta coming out pretty soon, no official release date, but still targeting the fall, while at the same time, New World having its release date pushed back to the 28th, and in an open beta, which I think is a genius idea, dropping here in, a, in just next week. Uh, so Rory, what what's your takeaways, having uh, you know played, obviously Lost Ark being something that we've been watching for a long time overseas, I've played it, I don't know about you, but floor's yours. Yet. Oh, dude, I think you're in for a treat, man. I think you're in for a yeah, treat. That's the thing. It's like I don't I don't like when I have to jump like I can totally do it, the whole thing of jumping through hoops to join a Korean server. And now I think there's there's even like a Russian version or something. You can probably like get uh a Russian uh which we call the Russian social security number or Russian uh postal code, right? Uh but the thing is I don't like doing that because I feel like I'm going around too many loops like there's not enough games for me to play right so i'm very <laughs> curious about lost ark because of the fact that it's almost got like that um not almost it's got that isometric feel of like a diablo and mm -hmm. on top of it it's got a class that's the gun lancer yeah. which is a weapon that you don't see that often in video games gun lance right so that's one of the reasons why i'm super excited about that game and it looks like it's going to be really fun the animations in that game are god tier but you are right. There's just, there's a lot of questions about this game and particularly because I think one point, I'm not sure if I brought it up in this podcast in the past or not, but basically this game's been in the East for such a long time yes. that now that it's eventually coming to the West, I feel like the hype around it has been significantly diminished because a lot of play, a lot of uh, content creators even made content around it when it was still in the East, which is going to make it hard for it to recapture that uh that hype which i think is potentially one of the things that they're considering about their release window here they're like oh is is this going to capture players attention is it not going to capture players attention we just don't know and then with new world coming out as well both being published by amazon it's going to be weird i still think that lost ark's audience is different because New World has open world PvP. I don't think Lost Ark has open world PvP. I think the PvP in Lost Ark is going to be more like instance based or something like that, like some battlegrounds or arena. Or I was never attacked, and and uh, when I played over in the Korean server, so I, I it very yeah. well could have it. I just never ended up getting uh, getting attacked, but uh, I do know that it does have PvP. So I'm, I haven't yeah. experienced that yet for myself, and that's something that I'm very curious about. One of the things for me, like you kind of bring it up, like. It was, oh, what is this game? Oh, this is cool. Oh, this is how I can go play it today. So I went and played it. I was like, yeah, this game's a lot of fun. I think Diablo's in trouble. I think Blizzard's going to have to respond to this. Obviously, history being history, they haven't. And now it's fine. And then, it, But it got to the point where I was like, is this even going to come to the West? And now yeah, it exactly. is. And it's like, I just want more timing because there's a big game that i like called Endwalker that's happening in november and if lost yep. arcs like we're coming out november 17th well i guess i'll play you in the fall. spring 
They did. Well, they November fall, though, the, so. fall fall doesn't end until like Jan- oh. uh, December twentieth or something. Oh, fall okay. doesn't start till December. Uh, December twenty first is when I I count winter. Summer doesn't end until uh, fall starts on September twenty first. That's how I count days. I go by the solstice. <laughs> 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 but yeah and then it's like we have new world and the yes, thing about new yes. world that i feel I, I feel like new world has a problem and that is what are people going to do like let's say after the game's been out for a month because what i remember from the first alpha and in this alpha i didn't engage the the latest alpha i didn't engage with pvp at all because i didn't have that much time to play but what little I played of it, it still seemed like it was around the same problem with, you know, there's going to be one faction that's going to become dominant. And then after that faction becomes dominant in a server, you know, because it's going to be on a per server basis, like some server is going to be dominated by Marauders. Other server is going to be dominated by something else. And it's like, why would a new player that joins this server play a different faction so that they can get taxed more so that they can get rolled over in pvp that's the problem that i think that game is going to have because there's three factions there's most likely going to be faction imbalance and sure pvp is there's no such thing as faction imbalance in new world and you're i'm gonna blow your mind go ahead okay um but yeah that's one of the things that i'm concerned about and this is like what are people going to be doing after that first month, right? After yeah. you've leveled up, you've seen the content, like how are they going to be expanding upon it in a meaningful way? Those are my questions. Yeah. And I, I don't know, because I haven't seen enough of the game to talk about it. Did you actually, considering that you played more, did you actually get to play the instances? Because I didn't level up enough to do the so instances. I, uh, <laughs> I I don't know what I can share, um, but I've got certain things that I'm, I'm working on. I'm under NDA. So I'm very, yeah. Uh, yeah um so not publicly i haven't played the instances so uh we'll see about that uh that will be uh, more information on that will be uh coming uh, on the 28th of september um so uh honestly i'm just uh, uh, go ahead someone asked in in one of the chats um from sorry if i put you in oh name. no you're good screed screeda dave shredder uh, dave. question question is how are they going to monetize loss arc extremely pay to win if i'm brightly I'm not. I've only. I remember seeing the stream of yours a while back of Lost Ark. I think you used Exit Lag or something like that. Yeah, to I used Exit Lag like that to play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember that, but I don't remember much. But so yeah, you Lost Ark is too. free to play. So I do want to. I do want um, to get to that. Uh, I'll let me go ahead and answer that question because I want to come back to why I don't think there's a faction imbalance in New World. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. But um, in terms of Lost Ark's monetization, it is a free to play. It has a cash shop. It is rated as the less pay-to-win version out there. The challenge when it comes to talking about monetization online, especially with a wide range of gamers, is that you and I and everybody will have variations of what is acceptable and what isn't. At the end of the day, it all comes down to trust. This is just like when it, when it, I just want to keep preaching this. Monetization, it, you can have the most pay-to-win game in the world, but if you trust and like that that developer you'll be fine supporting them. And I see people defending that once that, that trust and, uh, and, and, and love of the game is, is there. Uh, if those two things don't exist, then it doesn't matter. Like I've seen people like rage about the bike mount in Final Fantasy 14 that they gave an unfair advantage. Like everybody's going to find different ways to that, that fit that, that need. And if you have trust and you've got a good game at the end of the day, monetization, is a balance in that you can easily see a developer a publisher more or less more than the developer a publisher sitting down and actually abusing that trust building the trust and then abusing it and that's where i think you end up seeing a lot of frustration 
in games. Monetization is an important piece of the conversation because without it, we all recognize the games won't exist. And I think we all have a preferred model, but ultimately, like when you look at an economy, you know, that is something that, that people adjust to. So when it comes to Lost Ark, you just need to educate yourself. In fact, uh, uh, John, you know, um, Johnny Mac Games should be having a video if he hasn't posted it already, going over if the game is uh, pay to win and going over the cash shop for you guys. Educate yourself because if nothing else, like you could, you know, I go into PSO2. I know it has an optional sub. I know it has a cash shop. I know all these things. So when they come out with like really cool stuff in the cash shop, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, how dare they? Uh, it's a, it's something that's not my preference. I don't financially engage in those systems. I choose to engage monetarily in a, in a different way, but I wouldn't classify Lost Ark as pay to win because having played it for like probably at least six months uh, and enjoyed the game that much, I've never spent a dime on it. But that's my personality when it comes to uh, cash shops. I just don't spend money on them. So you can sit here and say that a game is pay to win and I'll never see it because I just don't care. Like, I just like whatever. And then if they come out with something that I like, a like something where an expansion or whatever, like I, I, I like that model overall, but at the end of the day, like the free to play model is unfortunately the future. Uh, and that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. It, unfortunately it is. And, and here's the thing too, which is like, we can all talk about cash shops until we're blue in the face, but basically if you want to play an MMO, you're going to have to deal with cash. There's not a single MMO out there that doesn't have a cash shop. It's just, I think it was Brian that brought this up a while back that I think the issue is, especially with the fact that we have to have cash shops is because there has been not a sub price increase ever. MMOs cost the same as they've always done, which consider that everything else in life costs more. It, they need their extra funding somehow. Yeah, there's more players nowadays, but everything costs there, there's more. not like uh, like the like when you look at an MMO subscription, you're competing against something like Game Pass and Netflix now. Like before, when there was like two MMOs or three MMOs that were that were kind of like yeah, we can oh we can support this. WoW comes in, blows the like the roof off of what was possible, and then essentially since then we haven't really seen that kind of growth. Because other games, because you're not just competing in a, in a, in this, you know, in a, in your lane anymore. You got, you know, Fortnite. You got all this, and you have a whole generation. And that's one of the things I spend a lot of time with working with other parents, like one on one, when it comes to their gaming, is that you got a whole generation of kids that have been trained on that you don't pay for these games anymore. You pay for them like through yep. battle passes and all these things. So unfortunately, I I feel like you know people like might say it's a double standard, or sometimes like I I have a difficult with this conversation because it isn't, it is so nuanced about what is appropriate, what isn't depending on your view. But the only lesson that I end up having to boil it down with is say, what are you going to do? We lost like the subscription yeah, model the alone lost. The model is free to play. The model is these things. And it, it makes me sad. And it's like, and I have to be the guy and the people like you're supporting it. I'm like, no, you're not hearing me. <laughs> I'm trying to bring you to the reality and it's, it's not a beautiful one. It's one that, you know, the subscription meant that there was a cap on the money you could spend. Now that's unlimited and they're just raking it in. And the fact that we even get video games that don't have that, that aren't free to play boggles my mind. Halo is free yeah. to play. Halo infinity yeah. is free to play. Like there's no way in heck that we'll continue to see like games come out that are like, 
this is what we are and we're not going to charge you any any more money and anybody who does that is a marketing ploy and i think that's going to switch they'll start like that and they'll change and the and the monetization that has me the most concerned is the person who changes if you say that you're a subscription-based game and then you're not a subscription-based game and now you have all those things like that in and of itself gives me more concern than somebody coming in saying we're a buy to play or we're free to play because then essentially it's established and then I can choose whether I want to engage in that system or not but when you take and you pull the rug out from under me that's when I have problems that's when I get frustrated and that's where maybe a double standard comes into play yeah it's um it's basically a, a situation where we are, like you said, we just need to be informed about the different cash shops of the different games and see how comfortable we are with each of them. So like an example here is, like I said, I recently played Fantasy Star Online 2 and um, Bless Unleashed, which are two free-to-play games. And whereas I'm pretty okay with the Fantasy Star Online 2 cash shop, because basically it's like, it's mostly cosmetic. And then there's a couple of experience boosters here and there, mm -hmm. but even the experience boosters are not a big deal because you can level up to like level 20 or something. So it's like, seems like a waste of money personally. Mm -hmm. And on and when it comes to the cosmetic stuff, they actually give you like a free gotcha thing every time you log in from which I've actually gotten some pretty good looking um, items, right? Yeah. So I'm like, you know, you can get some stuff for free, even if you're not like paying anything at all. And that seems like it's, pretty fair to me considering it's a free-to-play game the the reason i actually stopped playing that was completely different but you know it's all about you inform yourself about what the store does and whether or not you're okay with it and that's all you can really do there's nothing else to it you know and because so, like you said yeah. we lost we basically lost well, like and, that's it and here's how i see that we can we can win again like i don't think the it's all settled down but it's going to be very different from how it used to be. So we at the in the pre-show of this podcast, guys, subscribe to Ginger Gaming Radio if you want to see pre-shows. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the in the pre-show of this podcast, we started talking about Halo Infinity and their battle pass and how it does yeah. not expire, thus taking away a lot of the FOMO. I don't like the battle pass because of the FOMO, because there's a yeah. like it's the same thing with Majora's Mask. It's the same thing with games that it's like. I just don't need that in my life. Even if I had time, like I was a kid and Majora's Mask stressed me out and that just like, all right, I just not going to play this Zelda game. And I didn't, yeah. and I was happier with it. And is whenever I, 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 like even with destiny, like, no, like the fact that their latest season is a six month long season. I'm like, okay, I can, I can casually dip in. I'm not putting this artificial pressure on myself. Cause that's what it is. It's artificial pressure. Halo's changing the game, and I hope that everybody follows suit because where when you look at the the evil of the loot box, and I use evil as a parent and training kids to sit here and just, you know, play a slot machine for some BS cosmetic versus saying that cosmetic's 30 bucks because that's actually the price of the cosmetic. That's what they want to charge, but the randomness, the RNG, basically equaled and even out. They can make more, so they yeah. kind of even out to uh, the evolution of the battle pass having the FOMO where it expires. Like I think the perfect model or the best model that we can end up hopefully, uh, you know, somewhat realizing its value is the, uh, is the, is the model of the battle pass with no expiration because my problem, even still with the cash shop in a video game is the instant gratification. 
it's the swipe card get whatever and i've said what i like about the battle pass and what i would ultimately like to see as a gamer and as a parent is that even if you purchase a cosmetic in the game it's actually a cosmetic quest like it gives you something that you have to then go do to then unlock the cosmetic yes there's a, a monetization piece in front of that but again we're not paying subscriptions and again we're not paying uh so in some cases for expansions and more but at the end of the day like what i think about the battle pass is that it tells you exactly what you're going to get if you put the time into it and without a an artificial thing that says this is going to disappear in 90 yeah. days forcing you to have to like grind this out because i know i could finish the destiny 2 season probably what in a month if i really committed um, you know, well, easy enough time before it ever expired. I just don't engage with it because it does expire. But if it's like, oh, I can just go grind that out whenever I feel like it, all the better, all the better. And and even the fact that we talked about like even New World adding in a battle pass option, that'd be huge for me. Like, but just don't let it expire. Like I can equip yeah. the battle pass. It's like a reward track in Guild Wars 2. And I can just work on it on my own time and what is permitted. And I think ultimately I that's what I hope for. Yes, we're not paying a, a subscription fee, but I'd happily put in my my money and, and purchase battle passes that didn't expire so that when I have lots of time, because time for, you know, a parent ebbs and flows. Sometimes I got all kinds of time. Sometimes I got no time and I can't predict that. And that's the fact that that's why I hate the battle pass model as exists today. And I hope Halo yeah. changes it. But what Chili said about it being challenge based and it scares the crap out of me. Yeah. What do y'all guys think about that? Because I do want to get back to our uh, new world uh, 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 faction balance. I will say it really depends on how the how hard the challenges are. Like if there's some really easy ones, then and like some difficult ones that take some time, but I like they're difficult, but they're more of a grind that you're supposed to spend like a few weeks doing rather than somebody you're supposed to burn out in one day. Then that's not too bad. But as long as it's nothing ridiculously stupid, like to do this challenge you need to get 10,000 headshots yeah. with this gun upside down oh, oh with a that specific gun I yeah, hate that. that's that's rough. Yeah. i don't like that i just either. want to play with the guns i like like i got like yeah, that's exactly where, that's where i stress out in call of duty and i'm just done with call of duty i just can't play i can't do that game anymore uh, anyway the uh, i do want to say before we jump back into the the pvp months uh ian saying uh, loot boxes will eventually be regulated in the name of protecting the children generally and adults with predisposition to addiction. Uh, this is, of course, a good thing since they're expo uh, exploitative. The only thing I would advise, and this is going to be like, I'm not a like, you know, if you guys want to know my political affi affiliation, it's I'm angry. That's that's who I identify with. I honestly don't believe or trust that politicians, any side of it, actually give it like two coins. Uh, I would swear. Actually, I can't. Two out us. And, uh, and at the end of the day, like I I've heard that argument from every side, like outside of loot boxes that it's like, just wait until whatever it's like waiting on the government or any government to really do anything. It's like, I, I might as well, like, you know, people, I don't know. People need to understand when they talk about government interventions, like, listen, the government's going to intervene until they get their cut. That's literally yeah. what the government, like, you know, yeah. you know how the government sent those letters out to like a bunch of, uh, I think they sent them to like 2k, the Activision Blizzard and a bunch of other companies. They sent out a bunch of letters saying like, oh, we need you to rein in your predatory monetization. What those letters actually say is like, Hey, 
you haven't been cutting us in. We yeah. want our goddamn cut, or we're going to make this harder for you. This is literally what the government... And every time I see literally anyone going like, oh, I'm so happy the government's getting involved, it's like, you are, you sweet summer child, you have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Well, like, they're yeah. going to get their cut, and it's actually going to get worse, because after they get their cut, then companies are even going to make it worse, and the government's not going to do a damn thing about it. It's yeah. all about the money. And I want to be Money very talks. clear for anybody listening that I'm not also advocating for anarchy because I've, I've heard people yeah. make that argument. I go, you don't understand. Violence cannot be controlled. Like it cannot. No. It's just it, people think they can control it and then it turns against them themselves. So I don't know. I'm it, that's I'm generally a very positive and like hopeful and optimistic individual just kind of like in my DNA. But when it comes to whatever they're doing, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to trust it. I've heard people, I've heard people make that like all kinds of things like, oh, we just got to get the government to do this for us. It's like, yeah, right. do it for yourselves. Like, that's my <laughs> thing. Like, do it for yourselves. Like the best thing you can do is help like parents and educate people not to engage in these systems. That's going to affect the fastest change. That's the only way I see it. That's my cynic in me. And now I want to get back to why I think New World uh, is going to be fa is faction balanced. Regardless, people assume okay. that there's a faction imbalance. This I want to hear. This Here, I here's the, here's hear. the thing. How do you take over a zone? Does anybody here know? I have no idea. Is it PvP? I think you've got like... It's, isn't it? Do, is I, it I, like I think I watched Asmongold do it. Talk. Right. But do you know like within the PvP war mode, like what, what the stakes are? If you have a company, if you have a thousand uh, people and the other people have a hundred, what happens? The um, 1000 company rolls over the other people. I that's don't know. A, violence. The, <laughs> violence. Violence. <laughs> we just advocated for not for nonviolence. And yes, now we have get no, the, the way you take Virtual over a zone violence. is a 50 V 50 war. Yeah. Meaning if you have a company of a thousand people and you have a company of a hundred people, you're not going against a thousand people. It's always going to be balanced to that 50 V 50 and the people who get selected there are things that as you play the game increases your odds like in Boja with like, you know, like notoriety and things of that nature. But ultimately it's going to put these people. So you could have a small company overtake a large company without any problem. And that's one of the things that kind of, I think is going to help keep with faction uh, and help regulate faction imbalance because that thousand company that, yeah, they have advantages, right? Oh, okay. They, you know, they could go and maybe wage war in a couple other areas, but when it comes down to brass tacks, it's still going to be that 50 v 50 in order for control. Uh, it's like, I don't really think that that's the solution. Cause I mean like, yeah, sure. We won the territory and then you just get steamrolled all over the map by that 1000 company people. And they're still getting better loot because you can get like more currency from doing the, the PVP quests. And ultimately they still end up being dominated, dominating. And they're, I don't know how the gear is going to be scaled in those mm -hmm. engagements. Cause like I said, I didn't have enough time to do it. I don't know if you know, or if you can even talk about it, but like if the gear is the gear that they have, the 1000 uh sized company is just going to have better gear simply because they can amass resources faster which means they can get gear either through crafting or through you know uh pvping yeah. and just rolling over the other factions and doing the pvp quests which also gives them more uh what's it, the currency it's gold right there's gold mm -hmm. and then there's uh, a a turn not a turn uh, Azoth Azoth yeah. gold the Azoth all that stuff they just get more of that because they're doing the PvP version of the quest that has way yeah. more wars than the PvE version and then the so and the end fifty people who you didn't gear up get selected for your war and you lose the zone like you know it's that like having but that many more people don't like, you have to sign up 
Yeah, you have to register. So I guess if you were going to bully, you're like, if you you don't have this gear score, don't. I don't know how the scaling works, but I honestly, at the end of the day, like, there's no way to truly like balance that unless they decided that it was going to go to the individual companies because it's still faction based. So you have your company and you're running your guild and things like that. Your guild might not even be selected as a part of your faction for that war itself. So you could sit here and say a thousand, but then you have John, you know, mom and pop. And they got, you know, their their people and they're a part of your faction because that's kind of how it works. They get selected and they lose every war for you and you end up never controlling a zone because uh, dead gum moms and pops out there ruining the Walmart, the Amazons <laughs> of the world. <laughs> he says sarcastically and anybody doesn't know, uh, I make yeah. jokes. I like to make jokes. I don't know why, but all of this faction talk is just making me think of the Pharmacy 11. And yeah. it feels like an evolved version of the sanction system where you would take over regions by just killing mobs, doing quests, yeah, and you yeah, had yeah. the PvP ballista, which would also highly... Uh, that, like, outside the war, like, that's how you undermine. Like, to in order to actually, yeah. like, engage that, you can do PvE content, yeah. and that's how you earn points and how you basically overthrow yeah. the ruling company is by basically, hey, we're going to go kill wolves and do all this stuff. You don't have to... It's not 100% PvP focused in that regards. I just wish, because there's a thing called Invasion, which is the world fights you. You know, it's a, it's a PvE mode. I wish oh, that would actually... No, Dark Souls. Uh, <laughs> I, wish that, <laughs> I wish that mode, if you lose an Invasion, that it would actually put the, the zone out and nobody controls it. Like, it doesn't do that yet, but I think that would be kind of the way of also balancing it where it's like, all right, that company, they're waging all these wars. They control these zones. We're about to wreck their face, you know, as a as a game balancing self self correction thing. But yeah, it takes me I back mean, to Final Fantasy Eleven. Go ahead, Chili. That would be when the Beastmen would take over the zone. When yeah, exactly. None of the others. Yeah, you, no one is doing stuff in this zone. Uh, the Beastmen take it over, and that's that's how that's what it gives yeah. me that impression. I think that would ultimately be something to kind of help uh, solve it. But I'm, go ahead. I don't know much about New World. I'm waiting to try the open beta. Hopefully. But so I played a lot of eleven, and that's why I, those references were what I got to. I'm sorry for derailing it with that. Sorry. And then to bring it all back, 362 or Asmin uh, gold effect. You just make sure the other Whoa. factions can't field 50, <laughs> unless that you uh, unless you're Asmin, and that's not going to work. The the streaming yeah. factor also is going to be really interesting because I I've heard a lot of people talk about New World and how like what do you do like well at the end of the day once you've completed the quest like that's when I think like the sandbox game starts to show its strength and that's in the faction wars and it's in the crafting and gathering and it's in these systems to allow you to go ahead and and do all these fun things. Uh, And that's, if you like that kind of content, if you don't, there's no subscription fee. So you wait until they come out with another update and then you jump back into the game itself. And the question is that the thing I've said numerous times with new world, it's first, it's biggest job is going to be inviting people back to the game because it's launching September 28th. I know what I'm doing November 19th. I'm curious about what yeah, Lost Ark is going to happen in here. Like the thing that excites me the most about 2021 as a whole is there's a thing called the Steam Deck. I got one pre-ordered and I'm sitting here like, hell yeah, I'm going to be leveling up like cr- a crazy person because I'm not going to be subjected to just this room for this gaming experience. I can sit back and play 14 on the Steam Deck. I can play New, New World on the Steam Deck. I can play these games. I can just go and put some time into it while not necessarily feeling like I'm abandoning my family. <laughs> Sorry, kids. It's game season. Gotta go. So one of, one of the things that I do want to ask you about New World is like, 
one of the biggest gripes for me is precisely that quest. And as you, you were talking about, you know, when you're done with the quest, that's when the sandbox shines. And I was just thinking to myself, uh, and this is something that I've mentioned in the video as well, is that I feel like the fact that they went for a theme park main quest line is actually a huge downside mm -hmm. to new world yeah right don't you feel because like particularly that starting experience is terrible like you're basically oh go over there and then come back over here and then go over there and come back over here and it, and this is like this times 50 before you actually get to leave that beach and go into a city where you do pretty much the same thing go over here and then come back and then go over there and then come back right and oh, i was just like that's that's where just, like on that back. note because new just world isn't let me yeah just let me go to a town and there's that quest board there and just let me do quests or just let me go and you know 100%. take down trees or mine or something yeah. That would be way better, and then just let players make their own story. Like, oh, yeah. I PvP'd in this section, or oh, I fought yeah. a bear and I had this adventure <laughs> over here. It would be way cooler than like, oh yeah, I did this dumb quest that gave me like, then they give you like a staff of Azoth or whatever yeah. that now lets me close these things. The like, uh, yeah, why? I describe New World as a sand park because it's not a full theme park, but it's also not a full yeah. sandbox. And that's the only thing, the only real feedback that I gave to the devs was. When it comes to the game itself, I want to see open world farming, mob farming, having a bigger impact because they scaled that XP down and then essentially people exploited the town boards for fast leveling. And I want open world party uh, to be a bigger thing, a bigger play. And they can do it one of two ways. In PvP in open world, they added the longer that you're live flag for PvP, you get bonus experience. I go, well, either increase the overall experience drop that mobs give or add that the longer that mob's alive, just have it give bonus experience like Guild Wars 2. I love that about the Guild Wars 2 system. It's exciting when you see it like, holy crap, the monster was alive for so long. I just got like a massive chunk of experience. And so I think New World would benefit uh, from that, especially as a leveling option. I don't need it to be the most efficient, but when running around getting like 15, 16, 20, you know, XP per kill, it's like, no, bring back the, the open world farm. And I think ultimately that will help balance out that that model because then you can choose to do town boards if you want, or yeah, or you, while you're grinding out in the level, or you could just go find a camp and and go farm mobs till you know to the end of time. And uh, and I'll, yeah. at the end of the day, I think that's going to be ultimately really exciting to see how that uh, how that plays out and plays together. Um, but yeah, you're not wrong. I just think that it just I hope that by the time launch happens, that we've seen a, some adjustments. Uh, to how they have the leveling set up in the game itself. Yeah. And 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 here's the thing. That quest, I don't think it's optional, right? Like, if you don't do that quest, you, you can't don't close get the things. The, you can't close the invasion things. Yeah, I think you can that participate is even, in them, but you can't close them. Yeah, but I think that's an even bigger thing. Because, like, if at least it was optional, then I could be like, okay, I can do this to get one of these staves, or... I can go do whatever the hell I want and then just craft the staff later or buy one from the marketplace mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that they force you to do that quest and it's not a very good quest, at least in my opinion, I don't know what your thought is on it. I don't think it's very good. Um, all, at the end of the day, I appreciate the voice acting and how I think. It yeah, the brings, voice acting is cool. Yeah, they, they did some really good job with the voice acting. They brought me into the world and I honestly, I'm not expecting much because I'm not playing it for when he, when I compare it to Final Fantasy's story, right? And that's yeah. where it's like, you know, what New World needs to do is it just needs to show why it's different and not necessarily worry about that too much because ultimately, maybe if somebody's coming from 14 to go play New World, 
guess what? They're going to be back into 14 with Endwalker and having tons of stuff to do. But what New World can do is they can establish itself. It can have that sandbox content, sandbox. which drives yeah. people in. Like and it becomes, it creates our own stories. It creates our own drama. And then while we wait for new weapons to change the sandbox, we've already seen even new zones leak where pe players have gotten into unreleased zones. And it, you know, it's like, oh yeah. So there's more content that is on the horizon. I think uh, New World's job has to be to kind of establish itself and really set itself up for its first expansion because that's going to, I think, be what drives a lot of people to go, oh, okay, this is a game now worth trying out. Like for me, if you tell me like, hey, there's this great new uh, TV series out, you, you got to watch it. And I go, it's on season one. Yeah. I was like, tell me when season two drops because I can't yeah. get my heart invested in a new television series and it like it, it ends and it never really concludes. And you're like, but why they have so many mysteries. Um, and that's just kind of my bias in that regards. Uh, anybody else chili, any thoughts on lost Ark itself? I know you're going to be playing the new world beta and I did say the date wrong. I said last week or next week, it's actually yeah. two weeks from now time and me and calendars, you know, I guess we're at odds. I will depend on, like, depending on when it drops, I'll give it a chance. Um, but with everything that's going out this year and next year's pretty crazy too, I'm really hyped for Saints Row in February. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what what the what I'm up to at the time when it drops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right about you, Aurora. You got any uh, final thoughts? Uh, are you still streaming after this? Because if so, we'll make sure we raid you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna still stream for a little bit. Um, in regards to newer, like I said, I'm going to check it out. Like at this point, I'm, um, I'm going to be checking out most MMOs that are going to be coming out. I mean, I even played Bless Unleashed, which was like the sixth release that they've done for that game or something like that. <laughs> that, that game's been released so many times. They're like, oh yeah, but now it, uh, we're releasing in, uh, I don't know, friggin' Albania, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what they're doing with the friggin' game so it's like i'm gonna be checking out uh new world i'm more excited um for lost ark personally i think lost ark is just gonna be more interesting for me but um the biggest thing for me this year is at this point is endwalker because like i already had my two monster hunter games which were friggin' amazing and the only thing I really care about now is Endwalker. So like when November comes, Endwalker is what I'm doing. hundred percent. Yeah. And New World is going to be something that'll maybe tide me over depending on how uh, interesting it is, how well they manage to capture my attention. And Lost Ark is something that I would like to stick with in the long run. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah. And the only thing and I see a uh, black sky talking about like they won't delay it again. I hope I hope not. I don't. Because if they were going to delay it again, just announce two, like whatever that, like, just stop playing with my heart. Release the game on the 28th. Let's go. There'll be future updates and more. I think they're doing the right thing. Taking time, actually using the beta as a beta from the closed beta, taking the feedback, putting it into in, into practice and getting the game as as polished as it can be for release uh, has, me, has me excited. I'm very excited about the 28th. That's what I'm going to be taking that day off work. Going to be playing some uh, New World. I, it's going to be great because it's finally that investment that doesn't reset. People were asking. You're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck in that queue for like the whole day. Maybe. <laughs> but at the same, maybe. But at the same time, the closed beta, like, let me write in. Like, it will be interesting to see if they have a smooth launch. Everybody always talks about like games of service having rough launches. If New World can drop with a smooth launch. Like they will set the new standard. It will be like that. Well, there's will be no, impressive. It will be like I thought. I was impressed by how smooth the beta ran for me, but I wasn't playing the whole time. 
Uh, and I think that's one of the, the strengths of the fact they're doing the open beta. Let's stress that stuff out. Let's find any, any weakness. And then that way, when the game comes out, they're going to be ready for whatever scale is necessary. I don't think I'm going to be participating in the open beta though. I think I'm just going to, my, my next, yeah. my next deep dive is going to be, uh, with the 28th. Cause I, I, I want to invest in my character. I want to invest yeah, in my character. You, you don't want to keep yeah, resetting I, stuff. It's annoying. But I'm brightly open beta, even though it's an open beta, which a lot of play, a lot of games don't reset. From what I can remember, the open yeah, it will be reset. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I've I've progressed enough from the beginning of the game to know that all right, I'm ready to really make that investment in my character and go from there. So, uh, Chili, where can people find you, dude? Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, mg underscore Chili. Uh, you can find me at Moogle Go Around Radio on Twitch.tv says Moogle Go Around Radio. We just recorded episode 127 last night with Bird of Chess, which Yay. was a fun episode where we were talking about healers, um, what we expect, you know, the changes to be by Endwalker, and for some reason, Insoin Scholar the entire time because none of us play Scholar. <laughs> I used to play no, Scholar. No offense to Scholars, but we just don't play it. So Yeah, I'm really excited for the healers to see if that brings me back to scholar because i've been just white maging it up this whole expansion because that's really the best choice for me in this regards what about you rory where can people find you you can find me on twitch.tv slash ruricon and um i'm, not, I'm actually working on a second channel it's called ruricon unleashed i don't even know the the actual url of it to be honest because i've been doing like a lot of uh stream highlights and stuff that's not related to monster hunter and you you of all people know exactly why i'm doing the second channel right brian you got like 50 channels over there or something Wait, brian has more than one channel <laughs> right you know you know how you do the second yeah multi-channels it's the future yeah, oh, yeah it congrats is. on your so, second channel yeah Sorry. i'm um i'm working on that and um yeah just like checking out a bunch of mmos and stuff uh the next mmo that i'm going to be diving deeper into because i tested eso and guild wars 2 and guild wars 2 i feel like is just a really good fit for how i'm feeling right now because yeah, uh it feels good the, the leveling experience where you're just like you're out in the world and there's just like a lot of people around. And it's not the first time. This is the worst part. It's not the first time I'm playing Guild Wars 2. Like I have a max level character. I did my slash plate on there, which is actually slash age. And I had over 300 hours put into the game, but I couldn't remember a damn thing about yeah. how to play it. So I just started yeah. fresh. That's how I did it. When I, when I, when I returned, I was like, I had a, a level cap character and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll make a necromancer. So I leveled up necro. So I have a warrior necro. I'm almost done with uh, a, a elementalist. And then I'm going to do like Mesmer and I'm just, you know, just putting a little time in. I really wish that game supported controller natively. And I know I've got people in discord. and I need to team up with them to try to find, to see if I can actually get that to work. Cause I would love to be able to kick back, relax, and just kind of grind it out uh, from time to time in, uh, in guild wars, but I don't have that option. So I default to yeah. 14 easily. I default to destiny easily. I'll default to the new world easily because it supports controller. I'll default to the games that were, like, yes, I, I actually went out and bought like a keypad and a, and a MMO mouse, and it really makes a difference, but it only makes a difference in this space where other games exist outside of this space. And so as a, you know, somebody who's like, yeah, let me just pop in to do something real quick. I'm going to default to something that I can do that's very comfortable uh, in the long run in that self. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up for the uh, podcast. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been Epic Loot Radio. My name is Brian. That was Rory and Chili. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thanks for being here live. Be sure to subscribe to the Ginger Gaming Radio YouTube channel and also check out the MP3. But otherwise, outside of that, have a fantastic day and we will see you next time. Take care. Goodbye.